I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's that defense we've come to know and love. Welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Brad Powers will hop on at 11 o'clock Eastern time to talk college football, the updated Eisman odds, playoff odds, all sorts of fun stuff. And former Major League Baseball catcher A.J. Pierzynski will join us at 11.20 to discuss the Major League Baseball postseason. But first, it's Monday Night Football recapping as the Cowboys knock off the Chargers 20-17. to The Cowboys cover the one and a half. This game was... I'd say never in doubt as far as going the under 51 Cowboys win with a sack and an interception of Justin Herbert at the end. It was an ugly sloppy game on both sides. Tons and tons of penalties. Justin Herbert was rather inaccurate for some of the night missing some wide open targets. And Joe, this was one of those deals where we saw a lot of unders on Sunday and that trend continued on Monday. 13 and two on the week, 13 and two. I know a lot of people are like, oh man, we've seen this before. Sunday it goes under and everything. I'm going over even a a high number. How about them boys though? How about it? When Aaron Hawksworth is making a case for the Cowboys and Ed Egros has completely jumped ship, like, okay, something's happening here. Something's happening. I didn't hear anybody else say Dallas has a chance to even uh, hang around in this game. It's like everybody. That, That was the most public dog of all time. I never play on the side. But, um, but after you get the result, I'm like, of course. Uh, that's just perfect. Everybody jumps after the Cowboys uh, just are god-awful against San Francisco. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, there are a lot of angles. Quentin Johnston, <laughs> zero catches, <laughs> zero yards. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> after, after our conversation, two targets. On, how, how, does the, how do you end the game by going to him, by the way? Right, <laughs> we Joe Lombardi's stink is all over Kellen Moore's headset. It is yeah. abysmal. All those plays were terrible. like the the play call. Herbert was off, but there was a lot. There was it was an ugly game. The officials could not get off the screen. It was. I, I'm glad I had the Phillies on the main TV, but oh, you did, man. It was. Yeah, it was kind of every time I looked down, there's a ref like throwing a flag. I was like, what are like if I had to watch that entire game front to back on its own, but an absolute, absolutely miserable experience. I didn't come like McCarthy, by the way, is just running in the line 
time after time, like three yards at a time, second and 10. Yeah, let's run it again, three yards at a time. Neither running game got going. It was just, I was, by the way, Gallup nailed that one. It just didn't come through because Dak kept missing them, but he had like 15 targets. But Brandon Cooks got in the end zone. Ed told me to go with Brandon Cooks. Yes, he did. I did suggest over 10 and a half rushing, and he had like 40. Too bad I didn't actually bet it, but I I thought someone was going to run and I had a chance. Palmer went over somehow. With limited passing yeah. yards, he he went over. That was pretty good. But yeah, the Pollard thing. It's like this is the Chargers' run defense. This this should be the game plan going in. And you know, I'm not going to take mm-hmm. anything away from the Cowboys after that win. I mean, they wanted to get Lamb involved. They did. He goes for 117. He had a great game, by far his best game this season. So that was good. But 15 for 30 on the ground against the Chargers' run defense. I'm like, ah, oh, we we have not seen what we expected to see from Pollard this season at all. Uh, Herbert, yeah, a lot of the props to knock over the touchdowns. One did that was over one and a half, and then yeah, you know, you got you got Staley after the game, Aaron, and it's like he's like, yeah, he's basically like that. He's basically saying that Pollard play, uh, the passing play should not have counted. He's like, oh, that was just a fluky play. Like, kind of throw that out. Like, and that was a difference in the game. It's like, dude, that's not how this works. You are so fired. (laughs) Yeah. The first drive, though, for the Chargers, like, and the cameras just keep showing Kellen Moore. I was fired up. But then I'm glad Paul brought up baseball. This was the first time I was more interested in baseball than the actual Wow. I know. What has gotten into me? I, I'm cheering for the I, Cowboys. I'm liking baseball more. Yeah. Opposite week. Are you well? I don't, I don't well. know if it's the solar Are eclipse, you healthy? But yeah. Do you need to see a doctor? <laughs> a medical professional? So I'm sure I those, What is in those? What is it? Match noodles? What, what is in those things? The miracles oh, I haven't opened those Joe. yet. <laughs> I've been too lazy are, this week to, to actually cook that rest smashing the miracle noodles just yet <laughs> oh yeah but soon, i do right? want to talk about the total though i mean you mentioned yeah, it yeah. joe the the unders because i remember mm. seeing so many totals in the 50s and now it's crazy these low totals right now what do you make of this they all keep hitting <laughs> the unders keep hitting <laughs> again we're well over 60 percent for the season now that's part of it backup quarterbacks it looks like We'll go over some of the news that came out yesterday. We're going to have a number of them this week. That's part of it. We're starting to get to the time of the year where weather is going to be a factor. We saw it in a couple of games. So, and of course, you know, we harped on it yesterday. Everybody was harping on it yesterday. Red zone, red zone offenses. And and it's just, as we enter a time where the thing is, you've got to be more aggressive, got to be more aggressive. A lot of these coaches see the struggles in the red zone And I don't know, maybe it's a few cases, Ed, that stand out, but it seems like more are leaning back to their conservative ways. I'll take the three Mm -hmm. in a low-scoring game. Yeah, so much of it is context in large part because you know that, okay, if your red zone offense is struggling, maybe the opponent's red zone offense is struggling as well. And this was something that I mentioned to uh, Jason Lockett yesterday. It's that 
okay, just because coaches may be aggressive on fourth down doesn't mean that they're analytically minded. It just means that they feel like they can find some edge. They trust their offense. They trust their ground game. Maybe the tush push works for them a little bit more effectively than, say, for other offenses. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, just because you may be aggressive on fourth down doesn't mean that you are an analytically minded coach. It just means that you like your offense in that situation. And I suspect that a lot of head coaches don't like their offenses right now, whether it's because of a backup quarterback, a lack of execution, maybe even some ground games aren't that effective because in these short yarded situations, you do need an effective ground game, usually up the middle between the tackles that you can rely upon for three, four yards at a time. And I wonder if because we are more of a defense oriented kind of league right now and just right now that could change very quickly. But because I think defenses are a lot better at bottlenecking up the middle, I think it's one of the reasons why offenses kind of lack that creativity. And especially with the lack of offensive line play, effective offensive line play, I think that's another reason why we're seeing a bunch of low totals Mm -hmm. as well. And I think offensive line play, like maybe you can get away with it with short passes when you're, say, between the 20s. But in the red zone, when maybe you need a couple of extra seconds for things to unfold for a receiver to get open in the back of the end zone, if your offensive line play stinks and there's no protection for the quarterback, that's just not possible. And so there's not just one thing you can point to as to why red red zone offenses are struggling. But one thing I do know is that this is one of the lower touchdown rates since 2015 that we have seen in the NFL. And unless offensive line play improves or quarterback health improves, things like that, this might be something that persists, Joe. You know, where, you know, week six was another case in point. Uh, We've touched on it a little bit because it was small sample size. Who knows if there's anything there. But again, it happened in that Jets game. And what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about is the the inability of these offenses and these quarterbacks to take advantage of missing players in opposing secondaries. The Jets didn't have four of their four players in the secondary. They didn't have their top two corners out there. And they still end up winning the game. What was it, that Houston game when they had no starters back there and they still end up winning? Like we've seen this a few different times where, where teams just can't take advantage of going up, up against all these backups in, in these matchups with their wideouts. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how to make sense of it, but it's crazy because I don't know if this trend is – it seems like it will continue because you brought up the – the backup quarterbacks, like all the, the, the list is getting longer of injuries. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't seem like we're going to see a lot of overs of it. And even the last couple of seasons, like the totals just seem like they have dropped from what I'm used to seeing on the board week to week. It would be like way more totals in the fifties. Now it's just like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colloquially speaking, guys, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I know this is something that Eric Eager of Sumer Sports has brought up at least a couple of times where if you're analyzing a defense, when it comes to the secondary, it's a weak link system, just like offensive line play. You find the worst cornerback or the worst safety. You keep picking on them regardless of the scheme. You can be successful that way. But when you're looking at pass rushers, if you've got one phenomenal one, then that can wreak havoc. On an offense. And I wonder if we are in, say, the year of the pass rusher. 
how often have we talked about Miles? I mean, Miles Garrett's been good for a long time. No doubt about that. But it seems like we talk about him that much more. Or say a Micah Parsons, who was having to play outside linebacker last night. So he was a little bit slower getting to the quarterback, but he got his at the end of the ball game. I wonder if this is the year of the pass rusher. And that's another reason why in a year when offensive line play might be a little bit weaker, we're seeing a few more backup quarterbacks, that you've got one elite pass rusher and then suddenly an offense starts to sputter. We've seen some really crazy games. Like, what would Cleo Mack have a six-sack game this year? Just yeah. where they completely take over. And, you know, mm-hmm. along with along with the injuries at quarterback, We've seen a lot of cluster injuries on offensive lines very early in the season. So what is this going to look when we get to the second half? Like this is supposed to be offense. A lot of times is ahead of the defense. We start to get to that point. We haven't even come close to that yet. This is supposed to be the best weather for the outdoor teams that you're, that you're playing in. And we're still not able to score. It's, it's funny how it is so cyclical. I mean, year after year, a couple of years ago, you go back and it's like, you can't win unless you have an elite play caller, elite quarterback, blah, blah, blah. I don't, it doesn't seem yeah. like that's the case with scoring down so much. <clears throat> we also don't have, well, I mean, there's not as many like Pat Mahomes type quarterbacks, right? Like the last couple no. drafts haven't really produced as many like, electrifying quarterbacks or the ones that we think will like a Justin Herbert. Like we're just not seeing the scoring coming through. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of the farmer's dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. Better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, that's a good point in that, you know, not this past draft, but the draft before Kenny Pickett was really the only highly touted quarterback and he hasn't performed that well through a season and a half. So mm-hmm. at some point... You, you need the talent to be there. And if teams don't feel like they're a bunch of hotshot quarterbacks, then certainly the league, you know, may be onto something as far as that's concerned. So definitely, I think that's a, that's a great point. And maybe Go that will change that. soon once we get the Caleb Williams year before that, no minute. doubt. Uh, but we've got a Caleb Williams draft coming up, a Drake May draft coming up. So it might be something that doesn't last very long, but this may mm-hmm. just be a dynamic where 
we have so much defensive talent. I mean, look at the best college programs right now. Georgia, Alabama, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're largely winning with defense. That's not just because you have defensive-minded coaches. It's because the talent is on that side of the ball, and they're able to maximize that. And so then suddenly that funnels into the NFL, and we have what we have at this point. So definitely a lot of good points yeah. there. Let's talk about uh, some of these quarterback injuries uh, because there are a few of them, and they are mounting. Trevor hey. Lawrence is dealing with some uncertainty. The Saints line has moved to minus three for Thursday night. Justin Fields is doubtful with a dislocated thumb. Ryan Tannehill may miss some time with a high ankle sprain. Joe, of all of oh, yeah. these injuries, which one do you think is the most impactful? Oh, he's definitely going to miss some time. Ryan Tannehill is. When you hear high ankle, mm-hmm. oh, that's an extended period of time. Oh, and by the way, somebody already out. We knew he was going to be out for a while, but now we're hearing, yeah, Anthony Richardson probably season-ending surgery. So that that I mean, that's yeah. a killer for the Colts after that very high high draft pick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence one is big. Now, we talked about how that 37 points was a bit deceiving in, in their game over the weekend. They were outgained by 120 yards. And if you look at the turnovers and the fourth down failures on the Indy side, it, you get to like basically seven turnovers in that game. So don't be fooled by that. And it's there's been a lot going on with the Jaguars. They're two weeks over in London. They come back home. Yes, they get the win. You could make the argument that in some ways they were outplayed in that game. They got some short fields. They took advantage. you got to give them full credit. But it, it's like and now you've got a short turnaround. That's a brutal schedule spot that I don't know that a lot of people were looking at. Spending two weeks in London, coming back home, divisional matchup. They do get the win. But now you get a quick turnaround. Now you're dealing with all of these injuries too. And we're starting to see injuries in the secondary as well. So pay close attention. A lot of people looking at that number. What's going on? What's going on? Well, we started to hear what was going on after Doug Peterson spoke with the media yesterday. Jimmy G, too. I think that's big. Raiders had some momentum, won Mm -hmm. a couple games in a row. So another one that's TBD. No kidding. Uh, The list is lengthening, to say the least. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Phillies jumped all over the Diamondbacks with a long ball in game one. We'll look at our favorite angles for game two of the NLCS and the rest of the ALCS with the Rangers up two games to nothing. That's right here on the BetQL Network.